Alexandra Quick and the World Away by Inverarity Read by Sam Gabriel Chapter 13 A Solemn Quest Granny Pritchard returned Alexandra to the Pritchard homestead the same way she'd taken her, apparating with an instantaneous snap that hardly felt like moving at all. Alexandra's friends crowded through the front door to descend into the yard. Charlie beat them all, swooping off the roof to land on Alexandra's shoulder. "'Miss you terrible,' said the raven. "'Is everything all right, Alexandra?' asked Julia, extending her arms. "'Of course everything's all right,' Alexandra said, allowing Julia to take her hands. She pursed her lips at Charlie. "'Did you really miss me, Birdbrain?' "'Troublesome,' said Charlie. Granny Pritchard shook her head. "'My, my, what did you all think we was going to do to her?' "'So were the grannies helpful?' asked Anna. She studied Alexandra's face with an expression of worry, relief, and something else. "'Did you talk about anything in particular?' Alexandra laughed at Anna's circumlocution. She glanced at Sonia, who said, "'Don't worry, I didn't even try. My inner eye remained closed.' Anna and David both rolled their eyes. From inside the house came the voices of the Pritchard women and the little ones. "'We talked about stuff,' Alexandra said, lowering her voice. "'But no big answers, I'm afraid.' Granny Pritchard sniffed. "'Oh.' Anna was clearly disappointed. "'Well, we have to go back to the foreigner's village. Noah and Burton said they'd take us. You don't all have to come along, since we'll see you tomorrow.' "'Um, yeah, about that.' Alexandra caught the collective intake of breath and Anna's apprehension. "'I'm going to be doing something else tomorrow.' Everyone waited expectantly. "'Granny Pritchard has offered to make me a wand, a proper wand that's actually matched to me,' Alexandra said. "'Oh, my,' said Julia. "'Cool,' said David. Constance and forbearance reacted as if Alexandra had announced that Granny Pritchard meant to marry her. They stared at their great-grandmother in disbelief, then back at Alexandra, mouths hanging open. "'Hey, done,' Constance said in a hushed voice. "'I mean to say—' "'I reckon I can make a wand for whomsoever I please, my dear,' Granny Pritchard said. Oh, of, of course, forbearance said, and it's wonderful generous of you, Granny Pritchard. Alexandra, you do realize this ain't a done thing, and you ought to— I ought to be very grateful, Alexandra nodded. I am, but there's a catch. She glanced at Granny Pritchard, who had laid a hand affectionately on Constance at forbearance's shoulders. I, um, have to go on a quest. A quest? Julia said. Well, that sounds exciting. Her tone was light, but wrinkles appeared above the bridge of her nose, a hint of concern that was reflected more deeply in Anna's brown eyes. Apparently I'm supposed to find an appropriate core for my wand, Alexandra said, without knowing what it is ahead of time. It's one of those you'll-know-it-when-you-see-it sort of quests. Is it dangerous? asked Anna. How long is it expected to take? Julia asked. A quest is over when it's over, said Constance quietly. I'm sure it'll be no big deal, Alexandra said. I mean, find some magical creature and, uh, she hoped she wouldn't have to kill anything. When do you leave? Anna asked. Tomorrow morning. Alexandra smiled apologetically. I'm really sorry I can't join you at the Jubilee tomorrow, but the day after that... I want to go with you, Anna said. Alexandra blinked. What? Me too, said Julia. Well, count me in, said David. Oh, this sounds like fun, said Sonia. Me too. Um, I don't know, Alexandra said. Oh, of course. You want to do it all by yourself because you don't need any help, Anna said. Well, we're not letting you this time. Anna, said forbearance. I don't see why we can't come along, said Julia. I've never been on a quest before. Julia, dear, said forbearance. This isn't a picnic, Alexandra said. You just said it's no big deal, David said. David, said Constance, don't raise up so. 
Granny Pritchard shook her head. I could see you all were boon friends, but you ones can't come along. This is a solemn quest for one. Can't have the lot of you traipsing all over the Ozarks. Why not? Anna demanded. Anna, dear, forbearance whispered. Don't dear me when Alex is about to go running off to do something stupid and dangerous again because the granny said so. Anna gave Granny Pritchard her haughtiest, angriest glare, which impressed Alexandra for a second before it faltered and Anna's defiance crumbled in the face of the old woman's weathered, imperturbable demeanor. Anna, it's just a hunt for wand materials. What do you want me to do? Keep fighting with a wand that's not meant for me or some piece of crap from Grundy's? said Granny Pritchard. Anna was like an angry firecracker, throwing sparks even on the verge of tears. You said yourself they used you, and they named you for their own purposes. Why can't you just for once be normal and behave and not find trouble? Anna's outburst silenced everyone. Alexandra was as stunned as anyone. After a moment, she said, I'm a witch, Anna. Where I grew up, that made me not normal the day I started doing magic. And I'm Abraham Thorne's daughter. That means no matter how well I behave, I'm always going to find trouble. She stepped closer to her friends. Why are you so upset? Do you really think I'm going to get myself killed that easily? I always come back, don't you know that? Anna sniffled and wiped her eyes with the sleeve of her robe. Julia patted Anna on the shoulder. Alexandra put her arms around Anna, and Anna leaned into the hug. You don't have to be afraid for me, Alexandra said. I'll be careful. No, you won't, Anna said. David stifled a guffaw. Then he grabbed Alexandra's arm, which was still encircling Anna's shoulders. I don't trust these old ladies either, he said. David, said Constance. David Washington, that was just rude, said Forbearance. What was rude, speaking his mind or calling me an old lady, asked Granny Pritchard. T'was nothing but the truth. You and Missy here don't hide your feelings, and you hold your friend precious. That's a good thing, a fine thing. Never run along. I see no one Burton to saddle up the mules, and Miss Quick ought to get some sleep for her adventure tomorrow. They all walked Anna, Sonia, and David to where Noah and Burton had brought out a quartet of mules. Alexandra said, I'll ride back with you. Why, Miss Quick, you done been thinking about romantic moonlit mule rides, said Burton. Barf, Alexandra replied. Noah said, You're welcome to come along. His eyes were warm and fixed on Julia. Except Connie and Bear. Humans got chores. We do not, said Constance. Ma said we was excused till our guests leave. No, Anna said, get some sleep. Rest like Miss Pritchard said. That's Granny Pritchard, Missy, said the granny. I hain't no miss. Anna turned to her. My name is Anna, not Missy, ma'am. Icicles practically formed on Granny Pritchard's eyebrows, while Constance and Forbearance looked as if they wanted to hide inside their bonnets. Then Granny Pritchard nodded her head. I am corrected, she said. Good night and pleasant meeting you, Miss Anna. Good night, ma'am, Anna said. Alexandra unslung her arm from around Anna's shoulders, and Anna hugged Julia and then the twins. She whispered something in Forbearance's ear. Forbearance's eyebrows scrunched together and she murmured something back. Anna hugged her tighter as she pressed her lips to Forbearance's ear. Then she pulled away and allowed Noah to help her up onto her mule. David faced Alexandra and scuffed his shoe in the dirt. Be careful, he said. You're all being ridiculous, Alexandra said. This isn't like any of the really dangerous things I've done. She leaned forward and kissed him on the cheek. That was from me and Julia. It was, Julia said. What's all this talk about dangerous things, asked Burton. Leans will tell you later, Burton, forbearance said. Alexandra faced Sonia last. So, did you see anything about my quest with your inner eye? The phoenix feather isn't for you, Sonia said sadly. Alexandra frowned. What? 
Sonia smiled wanly and gave Alexandra a hug. You really should tell me more, and then maybe I could be more help. She joined David and Anna. Anna didn't say anything. She did feel bad about excluding Sonia, even if she was getting weirder and weirder. David, Anna, and Sonia waved as they all took off, flying back to down below Holler. Granny Pritchard watched them float away, then said, Well, I reckon I'll visit a while with Lamentation and my great-granddaughters and great-great-grandbabies. Shall we go inside, my dears? They retired to the house. Everyone made quite the fuss over Granny Pritchard, and while they remained solicitous of their guests, Alexandra and Julia were happy to slide off to the corner and let the Pritchards visit. Alexandra noticed that Innocence was still sulking, though she spoke mildly enough to her great-grandmother. Much later that night, Alexandra lay on her bed next to Julia's. The twins had fallen asleep some time ago, as Alexandra could tell by their slow, steady breathing. Charlie had taken refuge in the cage while Constance and Forbearance's barn owl familiars sat on a crossbeam overhead. Julia whispered, Alexandra? Yes, Alexandra whispered back. What are you thinking about? Alexandra hesitated, then said, Her father? Julia was silent for a long while, then she whispered, You aren't thinking about your quest at all, are you? Only a little. Alexandra rolled onto her side to face her sister, who was just a dark lump in the adjoining bed. They both scooted toward the near edge of their beds so they could lean their heads close and whisper more quietly. I do want to come with you, Julia said. And don't you tell me you don't think I can quest as well as you can. Rather than arguing with that, Alexandra said, Granny Pritchard was pretty clear that this is a solo quest. Come on, Julia, it's not going to be dangerous. It wouldn't be a quest if it weren't dangerous. They're not sending me into a dragon's lair. They don't want me to die. They want me to do whatever I'm supposed to as troublesome. Which is what? Julia asked. Find some dwarf's gold? Alexandra snorted. I don't know. You remember what I told you about the woods in Croatoa, Julia said. Alexandra sighed. I want you to promise me, dear sister, that you will be careful, prudent, cautious. I don't care if you're cowardly. Julia's voice caught in her throat. Promise me on Max's grave. Alexandra's teeth clenched together. It's not fair, Julia. Found fair, too. The owls overhead made sleepy, stuttering noises and one of the Pritchards mumbled and turned in the bed she shared with her twin, causing the other one to mumble back. Promise, Julia whispered. Fine, I promise, Alexandra whispered back. Not to be cowardly, but I will be careful. In the darkness, Julia extended a ghostly pale hand toward her. Alexandra took her sister's hand and held it, and Julia only let go when the two of them finally dozed off. They rose in the morning and went about preparing for the day in a hushed way that began to feel oppressive to Alexandra. She really hadn't regarded this quest with undue seriousness until now, but Constance and Forbearance's muted morning greetings and the worry that shadowed Julia's smile began to affect her. The rest of the household bustled about performing their morning rituals, and they all heard Innocence complaining about having acquired extra outside chores for the day. Constance and Forbearance insisted that Alexandra bathe first, when she emerged from the metal tub with her skin pink and tingly from the hot water and rough soap, she found that in place of the plain muckle clothing and traveling robes she'd dumped next to her discarded pajamas, the Pritchards had laid out a colorful dress of green and white and yellow, with a long pleated skirt and a bodice strung with golden laces. The sleeves were elbow-length and ended in a flare, 
and there was a sash and a handful of ribbons to go with it. Alexander could not begin to guess how they were supposed to be tied on. There was an enormous matching green and white bonnet to go with it. Alexandra was surprised there were no green and yellow slippers, but the Pritchards hadn't touched her seven-league boots. She took a deep breath. Guys, she said. Do not argue, Alexandra, said Constance, from the other side of the privacy enclosure, in a tone that caused Alexandra's argument to die in her throat. I know you think it looks foolish and girlish and plumb ridiculous, said Forbearance, but you are about to embark on a solemn quest, and there is forms that must needs be observed. Alexandra lifted the dress, holding it by the shoulders. She thought she would look rather like an overdressed leprechaun, either that or a St. Patrick's-themed sofa. "'This is a formal questing dress,' she said, hoping she didn't sound sarcastic. "'You must present yourself proper to the grannies before you begin your quest,' Constance said. "'Maul made it special for you, with help from faithful imprudence.' "'What? When did they do all that?' Alexandra asked. "'Last night, while Williams was all asleep,' said Forbearance. "'You mean they stayed up all night to make me a dress?' Alexandra clenched the fabric in her hands. "'Why couldn't they have made her a sword or some magic potions or something?' "'They did,' Forbearance said. "'They only just told me, Alexandra,' said Julia. "'Now kindly put it on, Alex, dear,' said Constance. "'Weans is waiting to take a bath ourselves,' she chided gently. "'But the underlying seriousness of the request made it clear. "'Alexandra would put on the dress, or she would insult and hurt her friends and their family.' Charlie, perched on the fence, cawed. Alexandra closed her eyes and wriggled into the dress, doing her best to tie its many cords and laces. She finally emerged, bedecked in green and white and yellow, holding her arms out in defeat. I may need a little help here. Julia stood back with a smile, while Constance and Forbearance quietly circled Alexandra and tied up her sleeves, laced her back, wrapped a sash around her waist, and tied ribbons that trailed like streamers from beneath her bonnet. "'Pretty bird,' said Charlie. "'Thanks,' said Alexandra, feeling absurd. "'You do look charming,' said Julia. Alexandra gave her sister an are-you-kidding look. "'Pretty ain't the point, if that provokes you,' said Forbearance. "'This dress ain't meant for dances or festivals,' said Constance. "'It's meant for questin,' said Forbearance. "'Is there some rule that I have to wear it throughout the quest?' Alexandra asked. "'No,' the twins said, letting out a long breath together. "'But you ought to wear it to start out.' Fine, I will. Alexandra tried not to slump. Inside, Mrs. Pritchard and her other daughters were serving breakfast. Huge piles of flapjacks, bowls of hominy, slices of melon, and pitchers full of pumpkin juice, tea, and coffee. There were also bright green scrambled eggs. Prudence, faithful, and innocence maneuvered around the dining room, laying down plates and pitchers, with innocence casting glances of wounded resentment at the twins. She avoided looking at Alexandra entirely. Grace, the daughter-in-law, sat at the table with her swollen belly and a demeanor that offered no greeting or conversation to anyone. Alexandra thought of Livia and wondered if she would become sour and unpleasant with pregnancy, or if that was just Grace's natural disposition. She poked the green eggs with her fork. They almost matched her dress. "'Manicat flask got to the hens,' said Prudence, noticing Alexandra's dubious inspection. "'Turns the eggs green, and they might taste a bite rusty, but they're still perfectly good.' "'Paul likes him that way,' said Forbearance, with a doting smile as Mr. Pritchard walked into the room and silently sat down at the head of the table. Faithful filled his plate while everyone else sat down around the table. Mr. Pritchard seemed to be assessing Alexandra's garb. It was the first time she could recall him looking directly at her for more than a second. "'I want to thank you for letting my sister and me stay here, Mr. and Mrs. Pritchard,' Alexandra said, "'and for letting my friends come yesterday. I hope we've been good guests.' "'It's been wonderful having you.' 
said Mrs. Pritchard. Constance and forbearance and innocence think the world of you. Innocence not so much right now, Alexandra thought. Miss Julia has been a delight, said Noah. He paused and added, and Miss Alexandra too. Alexandra let that pass and said to Mrs. Pritchard, Thank you very much for making this dress for me. I really don't know what to say. Well, Mrs. Pritchard rubbed her hands slowly together, showing nervousness for the first time. I couldn't hardly credit it when Granny Pritchard said you was to undertake a quest, but begging your pardon, I could not have you dressed as a foreigner for such an affair. Alexandra let that pass, too. She was about to thank Faithful and Prudence also, and Mr. Pritchard said, Are you taking this serious, girl? Everyone fell silent. Even Noah and Burton stopped their grinning and long-armed snatching at food. Alexandra met Mr. Pritchard's gaze, calmly and politely, but without the deference that his daughters gave him. He was a formidable man, but Alexandra had years of experience dealing with Archie, and she had faced down her own father, and Anna's father, Congressman Chu. Mr. Pritchard didn't intimidate her. Yes, sir, she said. I don't feature what's going on in Granny Pritchard's head, or what any of them old women is up to, Mr. Pritchard said. That makes two of us, Alexandra thought. She almost said it out loud. But I do not like it, the Pritchard patriarch continued. It ain't appropriate or seemly, and I would not have a guest come to harm. I ask, Miss Quick, that you consider leaving today. Doust, said Mrs. Pritchard, reaching a hand out to lay on his. Even Innocence's face was transformed from sullenness to shocked dismay. I don't mean to be rude or withdraw our hospitality, Mr. Pritchard said. I wish to protect you from granny magic witchery. I'm given to understand you as somewhat headstrong, Miss Quick, and might be known to set off on courses you ain't fully thought through. Julia coughed, set down her glass of pumpkin juice quickly, and clapped a hand over her mouth. When Burton and Noah both offered her napkins, Mr. Pritchard either didn't notice or ignored the display. Please accept my suggestion and allow my boys to take you back to Down Below Holler and send you on your way home. Oh, Paul, said Forbearance. Constance was speechless, her cheeks burning red. It's all right, Forbearance, Alexandra said. Mr. Pritchard, I appreciate your warning, I do. And thanks for worrying about me, but I'll be fine. You're probably right about me, so I'll bet you already know I wasn't going to just run back home. If you tried to talk me out of it for form's sake, or because you're worried how it will look if something happens to me while I was your guest, then I'm sure Julia will tell anyone who asks that you are excellent hosts, including our father. Julia's eyes were wide above the hand still clapped over her mouth, but she nodded slightly. Seriously, thanks for your concern, but I'm doing this quest. This last said flatly, Alexandra waited for Mr. Pritchard's reaction while his wife and children held their breaths. He grunted, nodded, and turned his attention to his breakfast. After a nervous pause, conversation resumed, but no one said any more about Alexandra or her quest. Following breakfast, Noah and Burton left the room with their father, speaking of building and digging and repair work they had to do all by hand to ensure their barn wouldn't collapse and their house wouldn't lose its roof after they unworked all their charms. Alexandra went into the room she shared with Julia and the twins and checked the contents of her magical backpack. After her winter adventure in Dineta, she had added some things to it, like a survival and first aid kit stocked with both muggle equipment and what potions and charmed items she could acquire. Now she found it full of things she hadn't put in it, a lantern, a small bottle of Theo's ever-burning oil, wax candles, a heavy blanket with a warming spell, like she was going to need that in Arkansas in the summer, extra socks and linen underclothes, washcloths, bandanas, soap, a basket of biscuits, dried fruit, 
and a magical pouch that, like the backpack itself, contained more space within than its exterior size could accommodate. Alexandra wiggled her fingers inside the pouch and found it full of pemmican several days' worth. Maybe this is for you, she said, holding up a small handful of pemmican for Charlie. The raven jumped from the rafter above to her wrist and pecked at the dried meat and berries. Well, a raven ought to be able to forage for itself, said Constance. She and forbearance stood at the doorway. Charlie caught, gobbled down some more pemmican, that made a sound a great deal like an imitation of a belch. The twins both put hands over their mouths. I have no idea where Charlie learned that, Alexandra said, glaring at the raven. Alexandra, said Charlie. Constance at forbearance laughed. Alexandra dropped the pemmican pouch back into the basket. When had Constance and forbearance prepared and packed all this? Guys, I really, really appreciate this, she said. But I don't know why you think I'm going to be gone for days. I mean, I have to go home on Friday. The other girls were serious again. Leans don't think you're going to be gone for days, Constance said. We can sure hope not, forbearance said. But, Constance said quietly, Time moves different when you hate in civilized lands. I reckon you have an inkling what I mean, Alexandra. Alexandra thought of her flights both ways across the lands below and her journey to the lands beyond. But she wasn't going to another realm this time. She was going to be right here in the Ozark Hills. I wish you weren't making such a big deal out of this, she said. You're going to scare Julia, and Anna's already freaked out. I don't think Julia's fretted that easy, forbearance said. And Anna's got a tender, quick heart, Constance said. But I reckon David's more, what you said, freaked than Anna. But he don't show the depth of his feelings, neither. She pursed her lips together as if considering saying something else. Weans is all concerned for you, that's all, forbearance said. Do be careful, Alexandra, and mind your courtesies and do not take foolish risks. I know you think this quest is a silly Ozarker thing. No, I don't think that. Alexandra's hand, still rummaging around in her backpack, closed around a metal tin, one more item put there by the Pritchards. She pulled it out to examine it, sniffed it, and twisted the lid. She squinted at it and then at the Pritchards. Wizard tobacco? Where'd you get— Shh, Constance said, while forbearance looked over her shoulder. Never you mind where it came from, Alex. You do know I don't smoke, right? Alexandra whispered. Of course you don't, said Constance. Only men and grannies smoke. But tobacco is traditional on a quest, and it might be offered as a gift. A gift to—oh, okay, never mind. Alexandra sealed the tin and dropped it back into her backpack. She slung the pack on her shoulders, already feeling bedraggled. It was growing hot inside the house, and the dress and bonnet weren't light and airy like the dresses the Pritchards were wearing. Thank you, she said. The Pritchards hugged her together. She walked outside. Mrs. Pritchard was busy in the kitchen, singing something to Whimsy and Dunn, but Prudence and Faithful were on the porch waiting for her. Good luck, Miss Quick, said Prudence. And bring that fine dress and bonnet back home, if you please, said Faithful. I will, thanks again. Alexandra hardly, knew, Alexandra hardly knew what to say to these older, married sisters of her friends, who were part of an adult world where she was still practically invisible. Yet they had taken notice of their sister's friend and gone to considerable trouble to help her. She wished she knew what to say to them, but the elder Pritchard daughters merely stepped aside. Alexandra descended the steps to the yard, where Julia waited for her. Alexandra was pretty sure her sister had been talking to Noah, who was now leading the mules out to pasture, rather affectedly not looking in their direction. Julia smiled with shiny, dew-like teardrops in her eyes. She gave Alexandra a tight embrace and whispered in her ear, I do not care for this, and I have a mind to force my company upon you. Please don't, Alexandra said. I'll be fine, really. 
You're all just making a big deal over a hike. Maybe I'll meet some more ghosts or hill dwarfs or a jimblicute, whatever that is. Just more magical critters. Do not be cocky, Julia said, and kissed her on each cheek. As if by some practiced agreement, like embarking on a quest was a staged event with each person taking their place to see the quester off, they all stayed where they were and watched Alexandra walk toward the woods. That's when she saw the one person she'd been missing in her send-off. Innocence, who was pumping water from a well into a dozen buckets. She had used her wand to levitate the buckets, so each one floated in a wobbly orbit around her after she filled it and tapped it with her wand. Seven buckets now hovered in the air, trembling and occasionally sloshing a bit of water over the side. Alexandra thought it would be a neat trick for Innocence to maneuver them all back to her house like that. Having noticed that Ozarkers rarely engaged in such crude uses of charms for manual labor, she decided Innocence was being passive-aggressively biddable while doing her chores. They were within sight of the house, but no one had called Innocence back as Alexandra left, and Innocence seemed very, very focused on filling the eighth bucket, as if it were a difficult task requiring all of her attention, so that none could be spared to anyone who might happen to be passing near. "'Well, at least you don't think I'm doing anything dangerous,' Alexandra said. Innocence shot a glance at her, not quite stubborn enough to refuse to acknowledge her altogether, but turned her attention back to the well pump. It was rusty and didn't look like it was used often. Alexandra realized it must be a traditional, non-magical pump, probably only used during Jubilee years when the unworking left them without magically running water. Well, bye then, Alexandra said. She turned her back. Charlie, perched on his shoulder, said, Goodbye! Goodbye! Wait! Innocence dropped the bucket, letting it spill water over her shoes. She ran to Alexandra and wrapped her arms around her, which surprised Alexandra a great deal. Alexandra patted the girl on the shoulder. We didn't exclude you to be mean, she said. There really are things it's better for you not to know. You shouldn't be so hard on your sisters. Innocence stood back, wiped her eyes, and sniffed. What would you do if in your older sisters bossed you and fussed at you and excluded you and also made you do chores all the time while they ends of sharing confidences and adventures? I'd be pretty pissed, Alexandra admitted. You know, I don't really know what it's like to grow up with older sisters, even though I have six of them now. But you're not missing out on any adventures. And haven't you had enough adventures for a while? Innocence blushed at the reminder of her journey to the lands below, and Alexandra's saving her from a one-way trip to the lands beyond. But stubbornly, she asked, Ain't you? Maybe, but I do need a new wand. Also, I need to figure out why the grannies named me, and what all that stuff the stars above told me means. You think you're going to learn all that on this quest? I don't know. Alexandra adjusted her bonnet, which was already becoming hot and itchy. Look, just be less of a brat, okay? Trust me, it doesn't really get you much. And there are worse things than overprotective older sisters. Be careful, Alexandra, Innocence said in a voice more like her meeker self. I will. With that, Alexandra continued down the path into the woods. She only got about a dozen yards, just far enough to put trees between her and the Pritchard homestead, when she came to another person sitting on a tree stump, whittling something with a small penknife. I thought you were really busy with chores getting ready for the unworking, Alexandra said. Burton looked up with a grin. Took a break. Long enough to say goodbye and wish you well? Jerk! Charlie called out, and fluttered off Alexandra's shoulder to a branch overhead. You could have said goodbye back at the house, but thanks. Alexandra continued walking. Burton stood and walked alongside her. 
You know, there's another very important tradition where Quest is concerned. Besides this bedecked frillery Connie and Bear set you up with. What's that? Alexandra asked. Why, a kiss for good luck? Burton said. Oh, you've got to be kidding. Alexandra almost sputtered. Would you just stop harassing me? Burton came to a dead stop, so suddenly that Alexandra, in spite of herself, stopped also. Burton actually looked stricken. I wasn't harassing you, he said. Well, I didn't mean to anyhow. Shucks, can a fella flirt a little? Good luck then, Miss Quick. There was very little of the usual banter in his tone, and such genuine regret that Alexandra felt unwelcome stirrings of guilt and something else. Flirting? Why are you flirting with me? You like Julia. Burton stepped closer. Miss Julia is a mighty pretty gal, sweet as honey butter, and charming as a tad's first spell. But first of all, she prefers Noah, and second, she ain't as fun to flirt with on account of she don't take it serious. Neither do I, Alexandra said. You're just teasing me. I ain't sure you know the difference between flirting and teasing, Burton said. Teasing's what I do with my sisters. And flirting is what you do with foreign girls? You are pricklish and ornery, Burton said. And watching you sputtered like a wet hen is a hoot. Alexandra grabbed the handle of her wand sticking out of her sleeve. Call me a hen again. But I reckon you get angry at a habit. It's a reflex. You like to get angry because it's easier than being gentle, ain't it? But I saw how you was gentle with innocence. Alexandra brushed sweat from her forehead. Cicadas chirped. She expected to hear a comment from Charlie, but the raven just sat on a branch overhead, black eyes fixed on them but saying nothing. You were eavesdropping, Alexandra said. Burton rolled his eyes. I meant to catch up to you before you went traipsing off into the woods, but you was already giving advice to Innocent, so I didn't interrupt. You was right kindly, and ain't no one else you'd listen to to tell her to be less of a brat. She's not such a brat. She's just thirteen. I was a brat at thirteen. Burton guffawed loudly enough to startle the crows in the woods, who cawed and took off. What's so funny? Alexandra asked. Burton wiped the back of his hand across his mouth, making a poor attempt to remove his smirk. I was just thinking how like Connie and Bear you are. Figuring two years makes you so different. Then the smirk did fade, and his eyes grew more serious. Anyhow, thank you for being a boon friend of my sister's. I confess I don't understand this other folder role you've been speaking of. A quest and you thinking you're supposed to be troublesome? It wasn't my idea. Ask your grannies about it. No, ma'am, Burton shook his head. Be ascals in July when I go looking for trouble from the grannies. Well, I don't seem to have much choice. They kind of dumped trouble on me. You could have said no, but you want a wand. There's more to it than that. Anyway, keep an eye on Julia for me, will you? And I mean look out for her, not look at her. I'll look all I please at whomsoever I please, said Burton. But Miss Julia can look out for herself, I'm pretty certain. You sure is curious the way you think you ought to be protecting your big sis instead of the other way around. But I swear no harm's going to come to her under our roof. You won't need to ask. Great, thanks. Alexandra adjusted her pack. Well, I better not keep the grannies waiting. You better not. Alexandra intended to walk on, but Burton's half-smiling gaze held her. She turned up her nose, disdainfully, or so she thought, but when he leaned toward her, she didn't pull away. It was a brief kiss, but she couldn't say she didn't kiss him back. Burton's short, scratchy beard rubbed against her chin. She felt a silly urge to tug on his beard rather than complain about its scratchiness. She resisted the impulse. Is that really a tradition with Ozark requests? She asked, pulling away. Ask the grannies, Burton said. Now get on with you. Don't keep them waiting. He turned her around and swatted her on the rump. You ass, she said, jumping away from him. 
She thought about drawing her wand as he stood there and laughed at her, but his words about how she got angry out of reflex were stuck in her head, and she knew she wouldn't really hex him, especially not with the unpredictable Yu wand resisting her control, so it would just make her look more foolish. She turned and walked quickly away, not looking back. Charlie cawed and swooped through the air ahead of her. End of chapter 13 For the full text of this and other stories, as well as news and updates about Alexandra Quick, visit inverarity.livejournal.com. For more information about this podcast, visit samgabrielvo.com slash alexandraquick. I am also easy to find on the Alexandra Quick subreddit and Discord server, where you can hear me record episodes live. Troublesome, composed by Dr. James Benikoff. Charmbridge, composed and performed by Tyler Parsons. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment to leave a review on iTunes or whichever podcast service you prefer. And finally, as always, thank you for listening.